Hello friend, welcome to Encounters with Grace. My name is Paul Rutwa, your regular host. What a wonderful God we serve, and every breath we take is from Him. Blessed be His name for this privilege to share His precious word with you. A word so precious that our lives depend on it. It is in Him we live we move and have our being, and his word is forever settled in heaven. May it become settled in your heart as you listen for the next few minutes in Jesus' name. Amen. I began to share with you about the concept of deliverance, and we will continue on this important subject. Quite important because ignorance of it has led many into a lot of self-inflicted troubles and Satan has made them a laughingstock. I remember a person who said to me that he needed me to pray for him to be delivered from the spirit of lust because he always frolicked with women a lot and could not control himself. Now, as much as a person can open himself or herself to demonic spirits, the scripture does emphasize that we deal with the lust of the flesh and stop blaming it on the devil. Today, I want us to see our position in Christ in dealing with demons. Remember that as a Christian, you are a delivered person through the forgiveness of your sins when Jesus died and shed his blood for you. The death of Jesus, his burial and resurrection, was the means by which Jesus delivered us from the power of darkness. Don't go away. There is more to come right after this time out. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater. Welcome back. Yesterday, I shared with us about resisting the devil in your faith. That he will flee from you as one in terror. Now, you need to understand the depth of that so that you can begin to appreciate and take advantage of this as a believer. When you understand this, you will not be afraid of the devil, of witches and wizards, and be praying for deliverance as we are used to in this clime. Deliverance and casting out of demons are two different things entirely. I have said that severally in the last three episodes. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, it says, when Jesus had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Luke 10, 19 Jesus said, Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, 
and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Take note that this incident as recorded in these two reports took place before Jesus went to the cross and carried out the work of redemption. So the power or authority that he gave his disciples was not yet their own at the time. They were given what is called the power of attorney. This means they were to temporarily act on his behalf in casting out devils and healing the sick. The power was not necessarily resident permanently in them at the time. They didn't own the power per se. Many Christians still quote this scripture as if it is still for the church today. But you need to realize that the position of the Christian today is different from that of the disciples. Though they were with Jesus, they were not born again because Jesus had not been glorified. His glorification took place when he went to heaven after his death and resurrection. So now that that has taken place, 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 and 2 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knows us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Our position changed when we became born again. We are now sons. What does this imply? Let me show you. Ephesians 2 verse 4 to 6 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has made us alive together with Christ. For by grace are you saved, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Heavenly places here means in the spirit. Wow! Earlier in chapter 1, Paul had prayed that God will open our eyes of understanding to see the power that he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places or in the spirit, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which should come, and has put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. From this scripture, Jesus was raised up by the power of God. And when this happened, the believer was also raised up with him. Jesus is now seated at the right hand of God, which simply means a place where authority is exercised. And we are seated there too. Jesus is seated there as a son. How do I know? Hebrews chapter 1 gave a comparison between Jesus the son and angels and emphatically said that the father spoke to no angels to sit at his right hand, but to the son to do that. When Stephen was being stoned, the heavens opened and he saw the glory of God 
and Jesus standing at the right hand of God in Acts chapter 7 verse 55. This means sons sit at the right hand, which symbolizes authority. Jesus the Son has authority inherent in him. Since we too are sons, we are also located at the right hand of the Father, which makes us possessors of authority permanently. Jesus' authority is not by the power of attorney, but one that he got by inheritance and by conquest over principalities and powers of the devil. We also have this authority inherent in us. We are not operating with authority that does not belong to us. It is ours through Jesus Christ since we have the same status as Him before the Father. He is no more the only begotten Son of God, but now He is called the firstborn among many brethren. Hallelujah! So do you get the gist now? The next time you use the name of Jesus as a believer, you have to realize that you are not using a borrowed authority. Neither are you just speaking as a representative of God, but as a son with the rights of sonship. That was what Jesus meant when he said some signs will follow those who believe. What signs? He said, in my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Wow! Are you a believer? You can cast out devils. It is not the prerogative of some specially anointed people. It is for anyone who believes. Your believing in the work of redemption and receiving the Lordship of Jesus makes you a son. Who can cast out devils? You don't need devils cast out of you. Do you believe? You qualify to cast out devils, which means you have got loads of authority. Don't let the stories of terrors or the powers of the devil scare or sway you. I have a friend who was into witchcraft and occultism. He said that then, the way they could harm people and even Christians was when they could sense fear and weakness around or in the person. Fear could be perceived by them and boldness also. Satan holds people in bondage through fear. However, he also said they knew who a Christian was by the aura of force around him in the spirit which repelled the cultist. Wow! God's word has already told us that anyway. Believe the word. Command the devil to stop harassing you in your dreams. He wants to put something on you. Resist him steadfast in your faith as one who is far above him and his demons. You are not on the same level with him 
Hallelujah. You are far above him. So stop celebrating satanic powers. Stop acknowledging his presence. Acknowledge the presence of Jesus. Acknowledge the presence of the Holy Ghost and everything good in you in Christ continually. Your faith will be effective that way. Hallelujah. Oh, our time is fast spent. I'll stop here today and still continue on this subject of deliverance next week. But there is still much more to say about this subject. Yes, we shall study more next week. Meanwhile, if you have any question, you have a comment, or you would like me to pray with you, please, you can call, send SMS or WhatsApp messages to the number that will be given to you shortly. I will be glad to hear from you. God bless you. And until I come your way again next weekend, same time on this station, keep living in the joyful atmosphere of grace. Thank you for listening to this broadcast and we hope you have been blessed by it. For inquiries, prayers and counseling, please call 081-86-74-0681. I repeat, 081-86-74-0681. Or visit www.kingsviewchurch.org and you can join us by 9 a.m. every Sunday for our worship service at Kingsview Church. Number 2, Akiomi Street, of Casino Bus Stop, Alagomeji, Jaba, Lagos. God bless you. Grace, grace that is great.